0: I strongly believe that you can be successful without sacrificing your health or your sanity in the process. You ready? Let's design the optimized version of you. Hello and welcome to the Optimize Yourself Podcast. If you're a brand new optimizer, I welcome you and I sincerely hope that you enjoy today's conversation. If you are inspired to take action after listening today, Why not tell a friend about this show and help spread the love? And if you're a longtime listener and Optimizer OG, welcome back. Whether you're brand new or you're a seasoned vet, if you have just 10 seconds today, it would mean the world to me if you clicked the subscribe button in your podcast app of choice. Because the more people that subscribe, the more that iTunes and the other platforms can recognize this show, and thus the more people that you and I can inspire to step outside their comfort zones to reach their greatest potential. And now onto today's show, which, to be honest, is going to be a bit of an experiment. As a longtime listener, you already know how much I love to do in-depth interviews on a variety of topics, whether that's allowing everyday people to share their personal and their inspirational journeys, or industry experts and world-renowned authors who share their expertise to help you optimize a specific area of your life. But today, what I want to do instead is give you an insider's glimpse into the world of my Optimizer coaching and mentorship program and what we call the Hot Seat. What you're going to hear today is a recording of an actual live session with an optimizer student where on the hot seat, we tackle various questions, whether that's about career transitions, productivity, workflows, networking, burnout, habit formation, resumes and websites, and any other number of work-life challenges that students bring to the table as they navigate their own paths toward success. In the following hot seat session, community member Karen Goffred comes to me wanting to workshop her resume. But before we can assess her resume and dive into the details, which is frankly where everybody thinks they need to focus first, we instead have to determine her career goals and who the audience is that she is speaking to. These questions are crucial first steps that anyone must take before truly being able to workshop a resume so that it is targeted and aimed for the jobs that are going to move your career forwards in the direction that you want to go, similar to what Karen needed to do to move her career forwards. If you find these sessions valuable, we're going to be sharing Hot Seat Fridays with you every week that are going to be jam-packed with practical, real-world strategies that you can easily apply to your own lifestyle and career to send you off with an action plan for the next Monday ahead. And if after listening to this, you're wishing that you could schedule your own Hot Seat session, I invite you to join our community of optimizers where you are going to find all the support and connections you need to optimize every aspect of your life. Just go to optimizeyourself.me optimizer to learn more about the various coaching and mentorship options available so you and I can start working together today. All right, without further ado, here is today's Hot Seat Friday session with Karen Goffrey made possible today by our amazing sponsors, Evercast and ErgoDriven, who are gonna be featured just a little bit later in today's episode. And as a quick reminder to subscribe so you don't miss future interviews just like this one, please visit optimizeyourself.me slash podcast. So up next, we have Karen. Karen, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, What specifically is your hot seat topic?
1: Uh, resume workshopping, I guess, or resume help. Um, so I sent it to you last night via mm-hmm. Slack. So basically, in the most recent future, I've been an assistant editor and scripted. However, I have some older editing credits, and then I want to make the transition into editing. And I'm trying to figure out in order to pursue side opportunities to cut what do I need to change on my resume? Um, I also have one credit as a visual effects editor on there. Um, It's way at the bottom because I didn't enjoy it. Um, I had originally started in visual effects and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll try that again. And I was just quickly like, oh yeah, you know, uh, I'm going back to editorial. (laughs) Uh, There's just too much, you know, know, spreadsheets and tracking this and that. And yeah, there's enough of that already as an assistant. So I just felt it was, that's not for me, even though that's not too, too far in the past, but it is definitely, the bottom there and I think that's where it belongs uh, and then I when I came to la six years ago I originally thought you know my resume looked very different and this is what I believe to be what people in la are looking for it works well for my assisting work although I guess usually people don't even always ask for it when it's word of mouth but anyway so yeah so I just wanted to get your eyes on this and see your thoughts. And if there's anything I can do with my resume specifically to bump up the fact that like, as assistants, we're cutting recaps and I have a lot of scenes I've cut. Those are all on my Vimeo page, obviously. I'm gonna work on my website next, but um, how can I get incorporate that experience into my resume?
0: Got it. All right, so to summarize very, very succinctly, you wanna make the transition from assistant editor to editor. Correct. And right now, from what I can tell from your resume, you are a very experienced assistant editor in scripted television at at the highest level. I mean, you've worked on some big credits with some fairly big names. Like As soon as I saw Byron Smith and Netflix, I'm like, clearly, you you play at the, the top levels of the sandbox.
1: Um, yeah, I think you know I've done okay for myself.' <laughs> you're you're, <laughs> and, you know, you're
0: doing well. there yeah. there are at least yeah. seventy five people in this community that would murder someone to have your resume. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. so you're you're okay. doing very well as an assistant, but now you want to make the transition to editor. Correct. What do you want to edit?
1: I would like to eventually edit uh, scripted or features, potentially, maybe even documentary. Um, I, I basically, I guess I do like documentary, but I guess more narrative stuff. However, in the short term, that might be like the five year goal, but in the short term, I'm interested, I'm, you know, I would be willing to, I don't know if it's, taking the leap over to reality and trying that and seeing about getting bumped up in reality and then moving back into scripted um so I think I could be very happy as a scripted television editor um and then you know I would leave the the door wide open at that point for oh do I you know go into independent features to get into features or you know I don't know where I would go at that point but as long as it was narrative whether it was tv or film you know I I would kind of you know cross that bridge when I guess got there I guess
0: when I, Got was it. All right. when I was 65
1: uh, years old
0: <laughs> I have I, I have a, a very a very quick question for you. Okay. Did you go through module two of focus yourself?
1: I did. Mm-hmm.
0: What tendency did you identify?
1: I believe I'm a questioner?
0: Yes, you are definitely a questioner.
1: Okay. And he, okay
0: here's how I know that because when I asked what you wanted to edit, it you went through 73 different steps and what you mm-hmm. explained to me is the path that you think you're supposed to follow. I want I want I want to break this down into smaller pieces. So what I don't want to do is give you a few tips to tweak your resume and move something around and change a header font and maybe add a section. I want you to very clearly understand what your path looks like so we know who this resume is going to get in front of next. And I'm not sure we're there yet. I can't tell you how to update your resume until I know who the audience is. And I don't think we know who the audience is yet. So I want to just answer one question. We jump into a time machine. Five Mm -hmm. years from now, you're sitting in the chair editing something what's your dream project that you're editing name something that's on right now or that was on five years ago and you're like oh my god if this is what I were cutting this would be amazing
1: uh well the first thing that pops into mind is Dexter because I just heard that they are coming back and that is mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows <laughs> one of yeah
0: okay so that so that's a, a scripted narrative television show mm-hmm. what else
1: can it be something that's already done it can be. Yes.
0: Yeah. It, it, it yeah, can okay. be, it can be from 10 years ago. I just, I just want to get a clearer sense of what you really want to be doing in five years.
1: Okay. Uh, everything um, goes well. I guess like Breaking Bad, obviously way up there. <laughs> um,
0: I've heard of that. Feet. Yes. Yeah. I've,
1: <laughs> uh, six Feet Under, Um, those all sound a little dark. So I guess it's drama with a little um, twinge of darkness. i really love the first season of, well, actually I liked all of Mindhunter. I really liked the First season of True Detectives, that type of stuff. So I think all of that would be awesome. All of that in TV world or something similar to that in feature world eventually down the line.
0: You, you've, you've, got a, you've got a dark streak in you. You're, <laughs> you're pulling out all the like darkest parts of humanity in these TV shows. Yeah. The, the, the point being, what I'm trying to ascertain are some of the themes and the medium. Mm-hmm. So the medium is clearly scripted television and is okay. clearly scripted drama. Mm-hmm. You didn't say, well, but there's also this documentary project. And I also like this feature. As soon as you really thought about the dream project, it was just all dark character driven, scripted television.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. So
0: really what you want to do is make the transition from assistant editor to editor in television. And I think you already have a few things on your resume that are not terribly far off from where it is that you want to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So what we need to do is reverse engineer to figure out what's the best path to get there. Mm -hmm. And if you were going to get onto a show, let's use Dexter as the example. So they're going to come back. I don't know if it's like a limited series or it's a TV movie. I'm not sure what it is, but let's just say that they're looking for the editor of Dexter. Mm -hmm. If you interviewed for that today, why wouldn't you get that job?
1: As the editor?
0: Yes, as the editor. Oh,
1: um, (laughs) there are certainly not enough editor credits on my resume.
0: You don't have enough experience. Right. Right. There's nobody that's going to look at your resume and say, oh, she could totally cut Dexter, (laughs) right? So the the story that your resume is telling is not that you're ready for a show like that. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be sitting in the chair to cut the next season of Dexter five years from now, what do you need? What is going to make you the ideal candidate?
1: Um, Obviously, similar editing credits. So I don't know if that would be like side projects that are similar, dark in nature.
0: (laughs) So now what we're doing is we're starting to reverse engineer the path. Mm-hmm. So a shoe in to cut Dexter is somebody that's edited five shows just like Dexter that's incredibly experienced. Mm-hmm. The alternative is somebody that maybe doesn't have quite as much experience, but clearly has the abilities and the skills to do that work and has demonstrated experience that's similar enough. Maybe mm-hmm. not quite at the level that it needs to be, but enough to say, I, I think this person could do it. Let me watch mm-hmm. some of the work. Oh, this is this is kind of a hidden gem. They can really cut. How have I not heard of this person? Or how have I not seen these shows before? This is a hidden gem. Mm-hmm. That's most likely what it's going to take to get on a show like Dexter. Mm-hmm. So if we okay. reverse engineer that, what is it that we need to start pursuing next? I guess
1: the question would be, do I, the question for me is, do I try to become an assistant editor in similar content and then move up within that show? Or do I... You know, try to take on side projects that are similar, um, which I don't know where to find exactly
0: quite such dark
1: content, but I'm sure some student films, some uh, AFI or someone has some students working on that.
0: My sincerest apologies for the interruption in the middle of this interview. But if you are a content creator or you work in the entertainment industry, not only is the following promo not an interruption, but listening has the potential to change your life because collaborating with Evercast is that powerful. Here's a brief excerpt from a recent interview that I did with Evercast co-founders, Brad Thomas and award-winning editor Roger Barton.
3: Living this lifestyle of a feature film editor has really had an impact on me. So I was really looking for something to push back against all of these lifestyle infringements that are imposed on us, both by schedules and expectations. When you guys demoed Evercast for me that first time, my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, oh my God, this is what I've been waiting for for a decade.
0: I also had the same reaction when I first saw Evercast. Two words came to mind, game changer. Our goal, honestly, is to become the Zoom for creatives, whatever it is you're streaming, whether it's editorial, visual effects, Pro Tools for music composition, live shot cameras. It's consistent audio and video, lip sync always stays in sync. Whether you're in a live session where you're getting that feedback immediately or you can't get it immediately, so you record the session and you can share those clips with people
2: on the production team where there's no room for any confusion. It's like, this is exactly what the director
3: wants. This is exactly what the producer wants. What matters most to me is it makes the entire process more efficient, which then translates to us as creatives who spend way too much time in front of computers. We get to shut it down and we get to go
0: spend time with our friends and family. The biggest complaint, and I'm sure you guys have heard this many, many times, this looks amazing, I just can't afford it. Tesla had to release the Model S before they released the Model 3. So by the end of the year, We are going to be releasing a sub $200 version a month of Evercast for the freelancer and indie creatives. Anyone who is a professional video
3: creator outside of Hollywood. I think what we've learned over the last few months is that this technology can translate to better lives for all of us. That give us more flexibility and control while still maintaining the creativity, the creative momentum, and the
0: quality of work. I cannot stress this enough. Evercast is changing the way that we collaborate. If you value your craft, your well-being, and spending quality time with the ones you love, Evercast now makes that possible for you and me. To listen to the full interview and learn about the amazing potential that Evercast has to change the way that you work and live, visit optimizeyourself.me/evercast. Now back to today's interview. So right now we're deciding between two different paths. We're at a fork in the road. Mm-hmm. So if the question is, should I be pursuing assistant editing jobs on similar shows so I can move up? Or should I be pursuing more independent projects or shorts or indie features so I can build the experience as an editor? The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Meaning you need to pursue both. Okay. Right now, for you to get an assistant editing job on the next Dexter, what's the likelihood that you could make that happen based on your current resume?
1: I think I would have a pretty um, pretty fair shot.
0: I think you have a very fair shot because your resume screams experience at that level for a show fairly similar to. it's not it's not perfect. I would love to see five other shows you've been an AE on that are similar. But when it comes to being an AE especially nowadays, and I don't agree with the way that this works, but the AE has so much less influence creatively. That it's more, I just want to know, have you worked on a Netflix show? I don't care if it's a comedy or drama or anything else. Just do you know Netflix workflows and delivery specs? Okay. So let's say the Dexter were going to be on Netflix or Showtime. You have a Showtime show right on here. You worked for Showtime for three seasons.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: combination of those two tells me there's, there's no reason that you could not do an exceptionally good job as an assistant on Dexter.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So we know you could get in that door if you knew the right people and you could market yourself correctly. But that doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to be a good fit at any point in time to move up on a show like Dexter. Right. What's going to get you to move up is also having the creative work with an editor credit where somebody looks at it and the ideal response is, why are you an assistant on this show? You should be cutting this. Mm -hmm. But in order to get there, you need to do the work. Mm -hmm. You need to be cutting things. Mm -hmm. So the lower hanging fruit is let's see if we can get some more assistant editing credits on shows that are similar to the shows you want to be doing. Mm -hmm. But simultaneously, you also need to be building more credits as an editor for somebody to really get to the point where they have the faith to bump you up.
1: Okay.
0: Right? And then when you're an assistant editor on those other shows, then you actively start reaching out and building relationships with your editor or other people on the team so you have the opportunity to cut as much as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. you do your job exceptionally well as an assistant editor, and then you start doing your job as an editor and showing them that I am of more value to you cutting than I am as an assistant.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I have um, a show coming up that is totally not in the vein that I want to cut, but I do have... I, an editor well actually and you mentioned Byron so I'll just say Byron was super helpful and everything but unfortunately coronavirus hit um so that show is on hold indefinitely but anyway so I've picked up something else which is like a CW show um so it's very different vein. but I do have an editor willing to help me definitely with cutting I, all my editors have been great and allowed me to cut scenes um and put them in the show however um, she seems a little bit more um willing to you know go the extra mile and I, I've seen other assistants get bumped up and it takes a combination of the editor willing to let you cut and then putting, I mean, one of my assisting friends was really pushed very hard by his editor who was taking a directing slot, you know, to backfill for him. And, uh, you know, eventually they, you know, went along with the plan, but it was. Uh, You know, it was a very hard sell initially, and now he's cutting. So it was worked out really well with him. But I guess it's that, you know, duplicity of the editor being willing to and then also the producers taking a chance on me that I haven't quite figured out yet.
0: And the way the producers are going to take a chance on you is if you demonstrate that you have the creative chops to tell their story. And the way to do that is by doing more editing on the side so you have more things to show when somebody asks. And number two, putting yourself out there on whatever the show is so you can be more engaged and more active on that show. Mm -hmm. And again, you have to do your job incredibly well first because a big mistake that people make, and I'm not worried about you making it, but they say, I want to move up to editor, so I'm just going to stop being a good assistant and I'm just going to cut. Well, nobody's going to give you a shot if you're not doing your job well first. But if you do your job well first... And you start to cut. Even it's your your own versions of scenes, as long as you have permission. Don't ever do that without um, asking permission to do that. But doing your own versions of scenes, just wanting to learn the process, learn how to speak the language of that show. If a circumstance comes up where all of a sudden your editor has to take a two week leave for whatever reason, or there's another editor on the show that you know gets married for you know a few weeks and goes on a honeymoon or whatever it might be and they need to fill a slot just really, really quickly, who's gonna be the most likely candidate? The assistant that's been busting their ass learning how to cut the show that already knows the politics and knows the workflow. Okay. But you're also gonna wanna give them that assurance that you can cut other things and you're a problem solver and you're a storyteller. So that's why I say it's kind of a combination of both. So if we look at the, let's, let's look at the CW show, for example, or let's look at another, let's say that you were to get like a, this is a little bit off the wall, but let's say you get a multi-cam comedy job. Mm -hmm. Some would say, well, that's not going to help you with your goal whatsoever. But what if that job was so brain dead easy that working from home, it took you about 30 hours a week Mm -hmm. and you had all that extra time to pursue independent projects and cut independent projects to build your reel of editing experience.
3: Then in a way that
0: opportunity makes sense, even though it might not fit into the perfect mold of the kind of show that you want to work on next. Mm -hmm. So it's going to open the possibilities for what you can do as far as projects. If you know that you're trying to do both of these simultaneously, the ultimate goal being when I get in front of a producer, they see that I am at the place where they can have just enough faith to give it a try. Because it's always a leap of faith moving an assistant editor to editor. Mm -hmm. You you want to make sure that you have enough experience on that show, but also enough experience cutting that they're willing to take that shot. Right. Okay. All that having been said, we need to better understand, and this is going to be the next step for your resume, because I know that we didn't even talk about resumes, but we did talk about resumes. So here's how. You need to ask yourself the question, who's the audience going to be for this resume next? Mm Mm-hmm. And once you know the answer to that question and you come back to another session, then we can break down your resume. But I can't okay. tell you how to structure your resume until I know the audience and I know what your goals are next. Okay.
1: Okay. Oh, no. that is, good. is that
0: helpful, even though we did nothing to your resume whatsoever?
1: That is, yes, absolutely helpful.
0: <laughs> okay, um, good. Because
1: the path is more important than the resume, I think.
0: <laughs> yes. The resume only makes sense if you know the path. If you know the next step, then you write the resume to the right person. Right. I just don't know what your next step is. So we need to make sure we're telling that story.
1: Right. Well, and you kind of hit on something where like the CW show that I'm taking is, you know, part of the reason I am not on shameless any longer was, you know, it's, I was working with an editor who's been edited, two editors were working for 30 years with the, you know, with the group and other places, but, you know, had uh, been long-term editors in that group. And then the other one was like 20 years and the, hosted, but I was pretty upfront about, yeah, you won't get a shot here and mm-hmm. you need to leave in order to, you know, move up. So I was like, all right, well, maybe, I don't know, and then the CW show fell on my lap, so I'm like, all right, this might be, you know, something. So we'll
0: see. Yeah, and that's, I'll, I'll go into this super, super quick, because I want to make sure that we, uh, we wrap up, but one thing I want to mention, if you're looking for opportunities that are going to be good to move up to the editor's chair versus harder to move up, Shameless is the perfect example of a show that's not a good fit, and here's why. Like you said, every editor, they want to ride the wave as long as possible.
2: Mm-hmm. They
0: show up, they get their season nine, their season 10 paycheck, and they just ride the wave, right? Right. So when I was on burn notice, nobody left. It was mm-hmm. th- the, It was two editors from pilot until the end of season three. I came in the beginning of season four and it was the three of us all the way through the end of season seven with the exception of one episode because of a logistical snafu where one of our assistants got an editing credit. Uh-huh. That's it. None of us were going to lead burn notice. Right. Like, that was just, you want to talk about the golden ticket? We all rode that wave until the end. Mm. But there are other shows that have much higher turnover. Oh, let's use NCIS as an example. Revolving <laughs> Door of People. That's the kind of show where you might think, if I just want to get a co-editor or an editor credit just to start building my resume— Shows like an NCIS, you go in there, you assist for three to six months, you get bumped up for a few episodes. Now you're starting to build credits. Hmm. So as you start to look for other opportunities, think to yourself, is there a likelihood that in this environment politically, it's going to make sense for me to get moved up or not?
1: Right.
0: Yeah. So that's something uh, to think about.
1: Yeah, Shameless is 10 seasons in. I think there were two assistants who got – you know, bumped up, one of which was the one I mentioned. And, um, you know, yeah. So if you know, in 11 years, there's a lot of people who didn't.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So it's, it's something to think about as you continue to look for opportunities and is it the right political fit for me to make the transition?
1: Right. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was super helpful.
0: You bet. All right. I'm looking forward to seeing you in another one. I hope this wasn't too painful. So no, not at all. (laughs) All right, good. Well, this is fun. Before closing up today's show, I would love to ask for just a couple additional minutes of your time and attention to introduce you to one of my new favorite products created by my good friend, Kit Perkins, who you may recognize as creator of the Topomat. Here is a brief excerpt from a recent interview that I did with Ergo Driven co-founder and CEO, Kit Perkins, talking about his latest product, New Standard Whole Protein. My goal is that for anybody that is a creative professional like myself that's stuck in front of a computer, number one, they're doing it standing on a topo mat. Number two, they've got a glass of new standard protein next to them so they can just fuel their body, fuel their brain. So uh, you and I, my friend, one edit station at a time are going to change the world.
2: And even better for your listeners with code OPTIMIZE, on either a one-time purchase or that first subscribe and save order, 50% off. So if you do that subscribe and save, that's 20% off and 50% off with code Optimized. that's a fantastic deal.
0: If you're looking for a simple and affordable way to stay energetic, focused, and alleviate the chronic aches and pains that come from living at your computer, I recommend New Standard Whole Protein because it's sourced from high quality ingredients that I trust and it tastes great. To place your first order, visit optimizeyourself.me slash newstandard and use the code OPTIMIZE for 50% off your first order. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Hot Seat Fridays. If you find this new format valuable, please reach out and let us know. Just go to optimizeyourself.me contact to leave your honest feedback. And if after listening, you are wishing that you could schedule your own hot seat session, I invite you to join our community of optimizers, where you are going to find all of the support and connections you need to optimize every aspect of your life. Just go to optimizeyourself.me optimizer to learn more about the various coaching and mentorship options available so you and I can start working together. And as a quick reminder to subscribe so you don't miss future interviews just like this one, please visit optimizeyourself.me podcast. And a special thanks to our sponsors Evercast and ErgoDriven for making today's interview possible. To learn more about how to collaborate remotely without missing a frame and to get your real-time demo of Evercast in action, visit optimizeyourself.me Evercast. And to learn more about Ergo Driven and my favorite product for standing workstations, the Topo Mat, visit optimizeyourself.me Topo. That's T-O-P-O. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, healthy, and sane, and be well.